Cost Camps Coaches Show, episode 29. Coaches, welcome to the Cost Camps Coaches Show. Today's guest is Levi Murphy. He's the head football coach at Dallas Town High School. Coach Murphy's resume is, is it's a little, it's briefer if that's a word, it's a little briefer than than most of the coaches I've had on here. Uh, coach Murphy, he graduated, and I hope I'm getting this right, Coach. He graduated in December of 2019 from East Stroud, where he played in the fall of 2019 for East Stroud. Then he graduated that winter. He had his credit set up where he could graduate. And then he was hired at Dallas Town to teach uh, March of 2020, or he started in March of 2020. When all the, uh, the the COVID action was, was happening. Um, he spent a year in the junior high, the junior high level. Last season, he was the offensive line coach for the varsity team. And he was just recently hired as the head football coach at Dallas Town High School. Coach Murphy, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me on, Mark. And uh, I, I was looking through some of these other outstanding coaches and, and listening to some of your other podcasts. And- uh, I know I mentioned to you before, but uh, hope, hopefully there's something I can add to this conversation. <laughs> well, you, you and I talking earlier, you know, I'm I'm interested in, in what's going on in terms of, of your vision for the program and, and building the program. And I'm sure there are other coaches out there listening that are head coaches that have been through this process before. And may They may look fondly back. You know, they they may wish that they were in your shoes. And they're going to live, they may live kind of, quote, unquote, vicariously through you right now. So, <laughs> so you know, I, there's there's still some things that I want to learn from you. So, do you have, for da- for the Dallas Town football team, do you have some kind of vision or do you have, and, and where are you at in that process, Levi? Well, I it was kind of a, it, I didn't expect to be at this point where I'm at right now. I wasn't. Something I, I I thought maybe on maybe at some point in my life I'd be in the cards and I'd have the opportunity to be a head coach. Um, I love teaching at Dallas Town. I, I love coaching at Dallas Town. And and when the opportunity presented itself after this fall, uh, uh, first thing I did is I went and I, I talked to some people who were around me and I asked them, well, "What do you think about this? What, do you think it's a good thing for me?" And they all say, "Well, do you want to do it?" And I was kind of back and forth on it. I'm I'm young. What do I know here, there? And then I go and I met with uh, Coach Terwilliger, Jimmy Terwilliger up in East Stroudsburg. And he said, uh, if it's something that make makes you nervous, uh, you should go do it. That means it's something that, that you aspire to do, uh, something that is a challenge. And uh, in his words of wisdom, I I, I pursued the, the position and, it, and it's been working out pretty well so far. But as far as a vision, um I sat down and I, I thought, well, what's what do I want our football players to look like? And I started thinking, and I'm uh, I'm drawing the I got a on my whiteboard in my in my classroom. I'm I'm drawing. Well, I want them to be uh, I want I want them to be great kids. I want us to I want us to do things the right way, and that's a little bit of stealing from East Stroudsburg. And then I'm thinking, well, I want them all to do well in the classroom. That goes with the same thing. Uh, I want them to to be competitive in things they do because that competition breeds success, and uh, we want to work. And then my mind started kind of to wonder to 
well, what, what's a kid at Dallas Town like? What, what do people say about Dallas Town? And the, the knock, and I, I don't think it's true. I see these kids every day. I work with the kids in my classroom every day. But the knock is that Dallas Town is some kind of uh, country club or white-collar school. And I just want to really instill that our kids have a blue-collar work ethic. It's a blue-collar grind. And I, I know one of your other podcasts was headed up about coaching blue-collar kids but, and trying to get kids to think about what does it mean to be a, have a blue-collar mindset. Pack your lunchbox and go to work every day because whether you're a whether you're a brain surgeon or a banker or an accountant or, or, or you're sweeping the floors, we want our kids to be the best at whatever they're doing. And anybody who's successful, whether you're the whether you're a senator or, or or a custodian, you are you need to have the right mindset. And anybody who's successful at anything has that mindset of constant improvement and constant pursuit of uh, of something greater. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, Mark. And uh, I think that uh, wins will be a byproduct of us doing things the right way. And uh, so we're not focusing on that right now, but uh, I think our kids are doing a very nice job of believing in, in what we're doing and, and uh, look forward to getting after it with them. You talked about uh, hard work. You want, you want your guys to be hard workers. And, you know, I, I, I say this to students a lot you know, that, that are struggling with a, a certain subject matter. And they, you know, a lot of them, you know, some of the, the population that I deal with, they just shut it down. And, and if you're a teacher, you've dealt with this before. As a football coach, you may have dealt with it before. They kind of just shut it down. They, they think of excuses. And I, and I remind them, you know, everybody talks about working hard. Everybody, everybody talks about hard work. But then when it comes time to do something that's hard, your first instinct is you don't want to work. You just want to shut it down. So how, what are you doing? What, is there anything that you're doing right now with your team to kind of instill that work ethic, to, to get them used to doing hard work? I agree with you, Mark. Everybody wants to be a savage until it comes time to be right. a savage. And uh, right now, trying to get kids to tap into stuff they didn't know they could do. Try and get kids into that idea of consistency. And at, at Dallas Town, we're very fortunate. We got a great group of coaches and different sports that work together, and we're we're sharing a lot of athletes, and and our kids are competing all the time. But as far as work ethic, I think that it, it goes through with the classroom and then on the football field and in the weight room. I don't think kids really realize what they can do. David Goggins says that we only use about forty percent of our potential. That's where your your governor and your brain shuts things off, and if we can get kids to kind of tap into that, the more you sweat, the more you'll win. And as soon as kids start to see that, so balancing that, pushing them, balancing that, giving them responsibility and having them take ownership in this thing and trying to show them that this is theirs because, because bad teams are led by nobody. Uh, good teams are, are led by coaches maybe. And then great teams are led by the players. So I think giving kids that ownership, and they've done a great job of pushing each other and, and challenging each other. And I've been really happy with, with how things have gone so far. Is there anything you're doing with your guys to give them ownership? Like like how far do you take the ownership thing, I guess? Are they are they the ones scheduling things? Or are they, are they uh, do you kind of get them in the weight room and then you sit back and kind of let them do their thing? Not quite. Not yet. We're not giving up the reins. Um, I've – 
worked and built off of some things I knew, some things that were left over from from our previous uh, staff and, and developed our weight program. And uh, it's just been it's been little things here or there. We we start every practice with the four with the four quarter drill, which is just a, a simple series of perfect up downs, perfect squats, perfect chopping your feet. And and guys have started kind of calling each other out on that. So they started over and, and having kids call out the push ups at the beginning of the workout. And uh, we've started a leadership. Uh, we, we don't know what we're calling it yet, but we've got a group of kids that we've identified as leaders on our football team. And uh, because I share so many athletes with our foot, with our basketball coach, he and I started working on this together of bringing our guys in and, and starting to show them what does leader look like? What does a leader sound like? Uh, what, what does a leader do in the community? What does a leader look like walking down the hallway? And I think the kids understanding, okay, this is where the expectation is. Because uh, kids want structure. Kids want expectations. They're going to fight you on it because they're, uh, they're between 14 and, and 18 years old. That's what they're, they're hardwired to do. They're going to fight you on it. But they want that structure and they want that responsibility. And we can all think of things in our lives that we weren't invested in or we were made to do at the last minute and we slapped something together. But when you're in something from the start of it and, and you are, you know, your expectations and they're clearly laid out, you're going to do it better than anybody else. Or at least you're going to try to, and then you live with it. And I think that bringing kids in now and kids from who are rising seniors to rising sophomores and saying here, we expect more from you. Um, they're going to, they're going to help the, the rest of the team rise to the occasion because they're the role models. They're, they're where everybody in the school is looking at. Are you still kind of in the honeymoon phase with your team? Or is there, like, have you had kind of like a, you know, we all have the guys on the, you know, the slackers, if you will. Have you kind of had any kind of those, you know, to, to, coin, to use the phrase, any of those come to Jesus meetings where you've had to kind of shake down the whole team or, or, even just a group of guys. Have you had any of those yet? Don't tell anybody at Dallas town, but I feel like that's what I've spent a lot of my prep periods doing okay. over the last couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Grabbing a kid who, uh, let's say a kid is, I can't wait for the season. They're, they're, they're putting something on Twitter, but I haven't seen the kid for four weeks. <laughs> Let, let's have a, let's have a, let's have a conversation. Let's have a come to Jesus moment. Let's evaluate where you're at and what you're saying versus what you're doing. Because what you do means a whole lot more than what you say. We all know that, and uh, it's been it's been mixed results. I mean, you, you can't just because a kid's six feet tall walking down the hallway doesn't mean he's going to be able to block power. Doesn't mean he's going to be able to keep somebody off a quarterback. And just because a kid's five foot two doesn't mean he's not going to be able to. So it's been it's been really fun finding out what we're going to have on our team this year having kids come to me and there was definitely a major honeymoon phase. Everybody's excited. Everybody's talking. And then we started getting after it and there's still been that excitement. There's still been that energy. And the kids who were on the team last year, they knew what they were getting. They, they, they knew what they were in for with me. Um, but especially with this rising sophomore class, I see it with those kids getting them going and just seeing, here's the expectation here. Here's what it's going to be. Those guys have soaked it up and, and the older guys have been coming along nicely. But there have certainly been some come-to-Jesus conversations. Man, it's hard to tell a, a high school kid who walks around, they see the same faces every day. They see the same people every day. It's hard to tell them, a kid that, that might be one of your better players, 
you know, and they're proud that they're they're a good football player. It, but it's hard to tell them that there's a kid just like him that's just as good as he is at a rival school that he doesn't see right now. He doesn't know who they are, but he's going to be going against them this fall. And it's it's hard to get them out of the context of the his everyday life in the school and get him motivated to play that guy that he's going to see, you know, maybe just, you know, there's only 10 games, so it's only going to be 10 times he's going to be going up against somebody like that. But if you can if you can get that, if you can pull that that guy out of the out of the you know, mentally out of the school for a day and get him to compare himself to other people that you're going to go against, your league if you will. Then then that's when I think that's when that player starts to take off a little bit. And and I guess you hope that that becomes contagious. Absolutely. And I was, I, I fell into an outstanding group of kids on our offensive line this year. Uh, right. Physically, they're just a bunch of mammoths. Love the kids like sons and worked very closely with them. And I think they really understood it by the end of the year that, and they had a bunch of them had aspirations of playing college football and several of them are. Um, I said, listen, you're playing against that guy, that guy you're thinking of right now. You're playing against him once every three weeks, four weeks. If you want to play in college, you are now practicing against that guy every single day. And then there's a guy that you don't even know how good he is that you're going to play every week. Like helping kids understand that because college is a major motivating factor. It's a terrible thing and a great thing with social media. And I got offered by here. I got offered by there. And it's outstanding that the kids are getting the publicity. But at the same time, these kids are seeing that that's the expectation. That's what happens to everybody. When we know how it works with the division three schools and the offers and things like that. And it's, there's a lot of fugazi out there to some extent. Um, the division three football is great football and guys don't understand the expectations and, and what's going on there. But I'm rambling a little bit, but getting kids to use that college football as a motivating factor, I think has been something helpful to, uh, for some of our better players to, to kick it, kick it in gear. Something, you know, you talked about the basketball uh, team, the basketball coach, something I've learned here. You know, it doesn't matter the size of the school. It's funny. Um, it, it, it got it, uh, uh, one of the the recipes for success at any school is being able to get you know multi sport athletes to play football. I've just I've heard that from coaches from small you know at small schools, at coaches that coach at six A schools. That's kind of been a common theme. And and it's pretty neat that you're you're on the same page with your basketball coach. And I don't I can't remember if you mentioned this before we kind of hit the record button here. But are you is it working out with other coaches too that you're able to share athletes with them? It's been great, and I, I wouldn't even call it sharing. I'd call it encouraging because football season finished up. We're in a little bit of a limbo phase, and 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 uh, I'm telling guys you better be you better be playing another sport. You're not going to be a starting varsity football player and not play another sport. You can find something else to do. You're around us enough. Go. Go do something else. And uh, all our coaches have been fantastic. It's right. been great working with them. I've learned a lot from them because I'm, I'm just a zero-win head coach who, who's figuring it out. Um, but uh, Dave Gable, our wrestling coach, has been a great resource. Uh, a guy to go through with questions because he's been doing it for darn near 30 years. Our basketball coach, Jay Rexroth, has, has coached varsity boys and girls basketball since Moby Dick was a minnow. And he's just been doing it forever. 
And our tennis coach, Mark Coons, that he teaches right next to me, teaches AP Gov. He and I were talking today in the hallway. He's been doing it forever since he since before he was teaching and he's about to retire. That uh, how valuable is it that kids compete and, and compete in different ways? Because when you're on a wrestling night, it's you out there under the spotlight. It's just you. That mental warfare is different than when you're you're lined up up front and you're, you're working a double team and you're worried about what the center's doing. And, and it's all kind of different competitions. You, you can't teach that. You got to be in the fire. And whether it's on playing in a basketball game or if you're on our unified bocce, bocce ball team with some students with, uh, with disabilities, it's, it's all different. It's all meaningful. And, and we want these kids to, to build Dallas Town High School. They're bringing value. We want our kids to be the kids that, everybody, that everybody's looking at. When our kids walk into a room, everybody perks up a little bit. If we want that, you got to be more than just a football player. You get, there's a whole lot that goes into it. Not that saying that if our guys just want to play one sport, there's anything wrong with that. But we had a, our best player on our team this year, Kenny Johnson. He's, he's got offers from anywhere and everywhere. He After the season, he, he says, all right, I'll, I think I'm going to play basketball. Have you ever played basketball before? No. I said, what, what makes you want to do it? He's like, I don't know. I got some of the guys I met here at, at school. They, they, they're playing basketball. I think it'd be fun. I said, all right, go do it. But you're not going just there to work. You're not going to work out. You're not going to stay in shape. You're going to win because it's all about that competition. Started the year as the as the tenth man and then finished the season with a double double in the county playoffs. Just because that's the kind of competitor he is. And then he ran track this spring. Never did that before. Just seeing these kids compete in other sports is extremely fulfilling. And the smiles they get in different settings. It's it's great seeing our kids be successful when uh, it's almost like you don't have any skin in the game. I don't have any kids, but it's got to be like watching a child play a sport. When when you're happy for them, you're happy to see them be happy. And at the same time, when they're down, you know that's sharpening their edge for for when it's your time and you've got them, and it's on the line, and they're going to be competing for you. So I think it's been fantastic working with our other coaches, and and I'm appreciative of of, of all their advice and and their uh, cooperation. Well, it sounds like you have some great mentors. And I think that's Absolutely. such an important thing, not only that you have the mentorship, but you're willing to listen to them, too, and acknowledge their experience and that they've been there before. That's awesome. Absolutely. I uh, I, I think, I don't know if I'm going to sound unintelligent here, but uh, Plato, Aristotle, one of those old school thinkers, they, what was the line? The only thing I know is that I know nothing. Yeah. And I, I'm just trying to be a sponge. If you're the smartest guy in the room, you're in the wrong room. So I'm looking to I'm looking to be a sponge because you can grab something from all these people, and every day is a learning experience. Every day is certainly something new. Are you guys doing anything right now outside of the weight room? Are you guys getting together as a team at all? We're going on Sunday nights, okay, um, and it's been going well. We've had a varying numbers because of Sunday. Maybe you're you got spiritual services you're yep. participating in. Maybe mom's making meatballs, and that's right. her specialty, and. Uh, but it's, it's been good. It's been good turnout. We're doing something. We're getting some stuff installed. Um, and as the weather warms up here a little bit and we start to get some people back when, when spring sports shift to the postseason, we'll, we'll kick it into gear a little more because we're, we're excited to head to team camp this summer and, and we want to hit the ground running when we get there. So when you do a, one of those Sunday practices and install, you do like just one side of the ball for the whole practice where you split it up a little bit. We split in half. We try to keep kids thinking. The average attention span of an NFL offensive lineman is only 17 minutes. 
So if we could, if we want kids to think about one thing for an hour, I mean, you're asking an impossible feat there. So I think splitting it up and, and, and keeping it moving has been, has been really good. And will you do like individual drills too? Yeah, we're splitting up. I mean, we're inside, we're not clanging and banging. So it's a lot of individual skill work. It's a lot of making sure that the new coaches on our staff are, are, are using uh, the vocabulary that their kids understand because we all got to speak the same language. It's great for our coaches getting to know the kids, some guys who have come back from previous staffs. It's been great for our kids to get to know these coaches and, and the kids to get to know each other. We've got a lot of new faces. Have you gotten into any kind of special team stuff? Not yet. Not yet. Do we, get, uh, would you get you any, any like uh, the people that are actually handling the football and special team, you know, your kickers, your punters, are they out doing stuff? Not yet. I mean, I, I've got uh, I've got a couple kids in mind that I, that will be our kicker and punter this year. Okay. Um, and uh, as the weather warms up, that'll be. A, I think that's in the three month plan from from higher date. Gotcha. So we'll we'll tackle that as it gets a little nicer out here. All right, we're gonna switch gears here, Coach. And, and uh, before we before we kind of we were talking about his playing days at East Stroudsburg, and. And by now, I would think that most of the people listening to this have seen or heard the story. I've seen the video. I've heard the story about Coach Denny Dowds and his uh, his last game. Well, Coach Coach Murphy was on the field during that game. Coach, you, do you want to tell your version of the story or, or the story from your perspective? <laughs> I guess so. Um, first off, I, I played for two incredible people. Uh, well, a staff of incredible people at Dallas town, my offense or at East Stroudsburg, excuse me. My offensive line coach, Mike Santella is like a father to me. Jimmy Terwilliger, who became the head coach is like a father to me. Mike Terwilliger recruited me out of Dover high school. And, and then Denny Dowds gave me the opportunity to play college football in the Poconos. And I played for Denny for uh, just about four years. And uh, it was in his last year there. We got two games left in the season. We're playing, Ohio Dominican and there's like 13 seconds left and uh, he he calls a timeout we didn't have and he gets the team together on the sideline and starts jogging across and then goes to uh and then goes to his car and everybody looking at it and I anybody I was getting texts that week getting calls like, oh my gosh he quit on you and I I wanted to jump through the phone at him because that's not Denny Downs that's that's not the guy well, you kind of yeah. got. I heard it from both both ways. Like I heard, yeah, I heard that. I heard people say that. I heard. I heard East Stroud's got heard, uh, East Stroud guys say that. And I also it's, heard there's. I heard there's the other been some side. mixed emotions. Like he got, he went Denny, on his own terms. He got to do it his own way. And I heard East Stroud guys say that too. That uh, Denny's going to do things Denny what Denny's way. He <laughs> he sold it. Here, here's one. I'm I'm walking. On campus, well, uh, we're on the field. I'll go back to the story. We're on the field. We had just gotten back-to-back onside kicks and scored. So we've got our second onside kick, and we've got it to within eight points. We had made an incredible comeback. And then he gets everybody together on the sideline, and we're like, should we go over there? Like, is everything okay? The next thing you know, he comes across. And he, he tipped his hat to his wife, and then that was it. That was his way of doing things. He saw it in a college basketball game at some point on TV. Now, uh, Coach Dowds has got some, some, some years on him. So that that who knows when that was, but uh, he's going to do things his way. And I, I love Denny Dowds. That he, he he'll always be another father figure to me. But 
then we we go and Jimmy Terwilliger's our our head coach because apparently Coach Dowds pointed and said that man's your next head coach. And then I got to play for Jimmy as a year. I was a captain on that last team and uh, outstanding year, lots of fun. But then Monday I'm driving on campus and and Coach Dowds taught an 8 a.m. class on Mondays and Wednesdays on coaching. And I see Coach Dowds walking with his button-up plaid shirt on that he wore every Monday. And I whip my car over, and I'm like, holy cow, Coach, great to see you. Hey, hey, Murph, how you doing? And he then he goes, keeps, he's, everything good? Yeah. Like, are you okay? Yeah, I'm great. I'm great. Going to get breakfast. And then he takes off. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just the guy he is. He's, he's going to do things his way. And, and he, he was successful for a lot of years as a result of it. Well, you know, you saw the, uh, I just saw videos, you know, and heard yeah. stories, but it's, it's interesting hearing it from, uh, the story from someone's eyes who had actually been there, who witnessed it firsthand and was on the team, not only on the team, but on the field when it happened. So thanks for sharing that with everybody. <laughs> it was a wild deal. It was, as Jimmy Twig would say, there was live action. Well, it's, it's, uh, it worked out. Coach Twig became the head coach and they got rolling up there at East Stroud now. That's yeah, we uh we we had a a big win in, in uh, Jimmy's first full season. We went up and beat Wagner, and and they've got some great guys on the roster there. We've got a couple guys from York County headed up there next fall that I'm coached against this past fall, and I'm excited to see them put on the Warrior helmet and, and get up there and get after it. Awesome. Well, Coach, I'm gonna I'm gonna wrap things up there. I'll let you go, and appreciate you coming on, man. I wish you good luck. Wish you the best of well, luck here. You. Thank you very much. Have a great fall. Have a healthy fall. And uh, and I'll look, uh, hopefully talk to you soon. Check in, Mark. Sounds good. Thanks, Coach. Thank you. Talk to you later.